All right, today we are here with Chelsea Castellano and Nick Grossman from Bedrooms Are For People, an initiative that seeks to put a new initiative on the ballot this fall for the election that states that the occupancy limits for Boulder should be changed from the current standard, which states that three unrelated people can live with each other, to instead enforce that the number of bedrooms plus one is how much um, any any residents can occupy in terms of residents. Uh, Chelsea and Nick, thank you for talking yesterday. Thanks so much for having us. Happy to be here. All right, so our first question would really be about the Bedrooms Are For People movement, just for a little background before we get into it. So why did you want to support and be a part of the Bedrooms Are For People movement? Sure, well, right now our occupancy limits are archaic and discriminatory, and they prevent people from living together um, legally, and people are people are being evicted because of of the occupancy limits. People, you know, who are living for people in a four-bedroom house are being evicted. Um, so it's important that we we put this initiative forward to um, to to have occupancy limits that are fair and modern and and treat people with um equally you know treat people with treat people equally across the board um if you want to yeah so essentially the current laws regulate people based on their identity based on who they are instead of what the laws should regulate which is individual behavior and actions. And that is why we believe these laws are discriminatory. They also artificially restrict Boulder's already very limited housing supply. And we believe that our measure is a common sense proposal that'll allow up to one person to live in each bedroom in a home at the property owner's discretion, of course, plus one additional person, which allows for, like, a couple sharing the same bedroom together, for example. So with these measures, uh, you both mentioned that these were discriminatory laws. Uh, Is there anyone in particular you think these laws truly hurt? Yeah, so uh, historically and up to the current day, these laws have hurt... uh, People in our community who are less economically advantaged, uh, that often is renters, but it can also be families, uh, particularly, you know, single mothers who are experiencing, uh, you know, a challenging situation, whether that be, you know, the dissolution of a family or, or abuse or otherwise, people who are struggling economically and facing homelessness. And then also students, particularly graduate students, but also undergraduate students as well. And as uh, CU alumni, we experience that firsthand. And as renters in Boulder, we experience that firsthand as well. And we've now talked to thousands of people in the community over the last 13 years about these issues. And there is broad consensus that these laws are not right and should be changed. The other, the other, there's a few other areas of people who are being discriminated against. Um, I mean, one is LGBTQ people were discriminated until, until recently when they were legally allowed to get married. The occupancy limits were a tool used to keep um, LGBTQ people out of neighborhoods um, because they couldn't get married. They were never considered to be family, and so they were unrelated 
and therefore couldn't live together, um, you know, the way that that traditional families could. All right, I see. Um, so what do you hope the positive impact of this initiative, should it be passed, be? Um, what kind of changes do you hope to see with this initiative? So we're hoping to see the ability of people to live in a private home without fear of code enforcement officers evicting one or more people from that private home. Uh, we want people to feel safe in their chosen place of residence, whether they're a student going through the semester, a working professional, a family, whatever their a retiree who's trying to split the mortgage with some housemates and pay their ever-increasing property taxes. We believe that this is a housing stability measure, measure, and while we started this campaign before the pandemic, the pandemic and the upcoming forecasted wave of evictions, which are already beginning, uh, we need housing security and stability more than ever in our community. And part of the issue that you faced has to deal with the Boulder City Government and the City Council. Uh, you've faced a few issues. One is that they declined to allow electronic petition signing, requiring you to get signatures for your petitions to get the initiative on the ballot in person, even during the ongoing pandemic. Another would be the uh, incorrect deadline you were given. It was originally said to be August 5th, but it turns out to have been June 5th, which has already passed. And then finally, uh, you are now facing the issue of Boulder City Council getting to decide um, when you or if you get to have your initiative on the ballot, correct? Yeah. Unfortunately, that is all correct. Yeah. So with those issues, uh, now they're all in the same vein, and they all definitely are very tie uh, closely tied together and linked. Um, but is there any that you would say has been the most press? pressing for you or the most worrying? Yeah. So um, when the pandemic hit, you know, we were about to start collecting signatures. And, and we thought that that was, you know, the fact that city council wouldn't let us collect signatures electronically. You know, we, we weren't sure how we were going to make it work, but we figured it out. We did it safely. We started a democracy on demand delivery service where we actually deliver petitions to people's door for them to sign. We got really creative um, and, and we did our best to stay safe and keep the community safe while collecting signatures. So at first we thought that would be the biggest thing we would have had to overcome is a global pandemic. But the issue with the city and them giving us bad guidance, them misinterpreting their own rule and then telling us at the last minute that the deadline has already passed and that they're not going to go through with certifying our petition to be on the ballot. And now the city council, it's up to them to decide whether we get to be on the ballot. And to be clear, the whole ballot initiative process, the intent of it is to circumvent the governmental body um, of the city council. So now that we've done all this work, we've spent our entire summer collecting signatures, spreading the word, um, making this happen in really unprecedented times. Now, it, now it's up to these to these people who weren't ever supposed to have the power to deny our right to vote on this measure. 
So with that, um, I have another question. You mentioned when you contacted us about um, a statement released by the mayor and previous council votes that indicated they would um, probably not be putting that measure on the ballot this fall. Can you tell us a little more about that and kind of that indication? Sure. I mean, um, our mayor, Sam Weaver, um, has put out some public statements to other news outlets essentially saying that they didn't make a mistake and that it's going to be up to them to decide on the merits of the um on the initiatives even though this was never supposed to fall into their laps and the only reason why it is is because they made a mistake um so we know that they are opposed to it we've you know heard through other journalists in the area that other council members are reaching out to organizations that have already endorsed us and essentially asking them to revoke their endorsement. So there are council members who are actively trying to undermine our efforts. Um, and, and so, yeah, that's, that's where we are. We, we don't have confidence that they will uphold our right to direct democracy we hope that they do we truly we hope that they are the representatives that they were elected to be um but at this point we're we based on their statements we're not sure if they're going to suppress our right to vote or if they're going to uphold direct democracy but it's not looking good for um in terms of the vote if there's nine city council members and five of them um, we're pretty sure that five of them are going to not vote in our favor, but we hope that they do. We hope that they recognize our efforts and recognize the work that we've put in and recognize that we've, we've met the intent of the rules that were in place. Um, we've met the thresholds, we've met the signature requirements, and so we hope that they hold up their end of the bargain. Is there any way you've been, um, say, kind of in conversation with them or putting pressure on them? Um, is there anything you've been doing actively there? So we have been speaking with uh, the city council members who are willing to speak with us, and we're willing to speak with any city council members who respond to us and are willing to talk without any preconditions. Um Unfortunately, some have made some preconditions in order to speak with us uh, that we're not able to make at this time. And, uh, yeah, we, we really are uh, hoping that a majority of our nine council members show that they trust older voters enough to make this decision for themselves we believe that there is uh, going to be a record level of older turnout in the 2020 election due to you know statewide and national issues as well. So we think for an important issue like this, there is no better time and no better way to determine whether or not there is sufficient community support for what we're doing than by allowing the majority of older voters to decide for themselves whether or not this is a good idea. And as Chelsea stated, the, you know, the nine politicians should not have had the final say on whether or not 
older brothers get the opportunity to do this because we followed the rules they gave us and we are ready to turn in the signatures on August 5th. And uh, we are sincerely hoping that they demonstrate their respect and trust for Boulder voters to make this important decision for themselves. Boulder is one of the most educated, smart communities around, and we are confident that Boulderites can read our measure and decide for themselves whether or not this is a good idea. But really, it's going to, in addition to us doing what we can as an organizing team, um, you know, it's really going to be up to the community to show that they support uh, our measure being on the ballot and just direct democracy in general. Um, so, so it's really going to be a, a measure of public support. Council is going to have to see public support for this in order to know that they can make this decision and um, have, have, this, have the support of the community on their side. You mentioned a little while ago that you would still be turning in the signatures on August 5th, despite that, um, the deadline that they gave being July, uh, I mean, not July, June 5th. Um, so for starters, uh, if you don't mind me asking, with the current situation in place with um, city council, what do you hope that um, the turning in the signatures is going to do? Are, are you hoping that they will still be willing to accept that? Yeah, so we only found out last Friday that the deadline was June 5th. Um, but we, or it, the new interpretation of the rules, I guess, is that it's June 5th. Um, so what they told us is that if we submit our signatures by the deadline that they gave us originally, and get from you know January until two weeks ago, um, or I guess one week ago, um, that they would count our signatures, and if we got the number of signatures needed um, that they had given us, which was 4,048 valid Boulder voter signatures, um, then then the city attorney would act, would recommend to the city council that they refer our measure to the ballot. Um, so, but the city council has absolutely no obligation to do that. They don't. They, they can just say nope we're not gonna we're not gonna accept the work that you've done we're not even though it was our mistake um, they're just they can just say we're not gonna we're not going to let people vote on this so that's yeah go ahead as of, as of yesterday campaign volunteers have collected more than 6,000 signatures. So while a percentage of those are likely to be invalidated for a number of reasons, such as illegible handwriting, um, we believe that that is a powerful, significant demonstration of how many community members support their right to vote on this this fall. Yeah, and the fact that we were able to get that many signatures, and we're still getting them, we have volunteers out all day today, um, I'll be going out collecting signatures tonight. Um, the fact that we were able to do this in a pandemic where everyone was told to stay home is pretty remarkable. And I think a, a true testament to how much support there is for this. I mean, in a normal year, there would have been large events and people would have been out at the restaurants. And um, in the beginning, you know, they would have been at the grocery stores more often. Like there, there were so many 
um, forces working against us trying to collect signatures that I think the fact that we've gotten so many really does speak to the level of support that there is to vote on this measure. And um, you mentioned how you got signatures earlier by doing the democracy at um, democracy at home, correct? Where you deliver the on demand, to- yeah, democracy on demand. It's like yeah. hungry bus, but for democracy. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Um, and you also set up in Burke Park at one point. Um, one of your members did to uh, to get petitions alongside another initiative that was getting petition signatures there, correct? Yeah, um, we've been collecting signatures with all the campaigns that have um, that have been out collecting signatures. We've essentially every time a campaign has um, been collecting signatures, we've all collected signatures for each other's campaigns because it's it's just um, it was so difficult getting signatures in the beginning, um, and it actually it still really is now. Um, but but we felt like we it was better if we worked together and and it really um, it really did make a difference. We were able to help with the no eviction without representation group get on the ballot, um, and they helped us significantly when they had their volunteers out getting signatures. Um, so yeah, that's been a really actually like a remarkable element of this and a really positive story of how our, all of our teams, regardless of whether or not we agreed with each other's measures, were very supportive of each other, kind of overcoming these um, crazy obstacles and, and supporting just democracy itself, which, it, you know, I think in normal times is hard enough, but in this particular year has been even more challenging. So, yeah, so we've been we've been with all the groups the whole time. Yeah. And, I... and right now we're, um, our mayor, our choice is the initiative that's collecting signatures right now, and we are working very closely with them to help them get signatures because we believe that we should be able to vote for our mayor, um, and and it's just a good governance practice that you know we're currently the largest city in Colorado that doesn't vote for our mayor right now. City council just decides amongst themselves who should be mayor, um, which probably has led to bad representation. Yeah, I just want to emphasize what Chelsea was saying, that I believe one of the most positive things out of that's come out of all of this is that you've had four different volunteer-run campaigns who, whether or not they supported each other's issues, they collaborated during the challenging pandemic situation to gather signatures for each other's initiatives because we all believe so strongly in our right as citizens to direct democracy, in our First Amendment right to petition our government for a redress of grievances. And this is something we as Americans and we as Boulder residents hold dear, so much so that we were all willing, again, regardless of whether or not we thought that somebody else's petition was, you know, the perfect solution for what they were trying to achieve. We all shared volunteer resources and collaborated and have achieved some great things together thanks to those community partnerships among volunteers. So you mentioned that you've been working with these other groups, such as No Eviction Without Representation. Um, 
have you seen any success uh, in their in them fighting this same challenge? Uh, have they gotten anywhere with their um, with their initiatives as well? Have you seen any success there? Yeah. So, well, are you talking about the deadline issue or um, kind, of, kind of the issue as a whole? I'd say more. Have you seen any of these groups kind of being able to still get ahead and have some success with getting their initiatives to the ballot? Yeah, so No Eviction Without Representation, their group has been certified to be on the ballot. They got enough signatures. They were told the right deadlines um, there because theirs is a municipal uh, initiative and ours is a charter amendment, which is why we have uh, originally we're told we had different deadlines, but now they're telling us we have the same deadline. But anyway, they were told the they were given the correct information about their deadlines, and so their deadline was June 5th. And they were certified to be on the ballot. They got enough signatures. Um, Because they were told their right deadline, they started earlier um, back in January, I believe, before the the pandemic hit. So they were able to collect a good amount of signatures prior to the pandemic. And then they needed, um, I think, maybe a little over a thousand or two more um, once after the pandemic hit. So... Um, but they were successful and we're really happy for them because tenants' rights are really critical, especially now. I mean, their measure couldn't be more critical than right now when people are being evicted at unprecedented levels. Um, and by the way, we just heard in Boulder two weeks ago, um, someone got evicted because of over-occupancy. So these issues do overlap. Um, and we definitely supported each other through um, these measures. And our volunteers did tend to, we, we support each other's measures as a whole. So you mentioned um, that they had gotten some signatures before the pandemic hit, which helped them out. So if you don't mind, I'd like to also kind of address kind of the collecting signatures during a pandemic um, part of this ordeal. Now, at any point, have you or anyone on your team that you know of, has anyone kind of been um, worried about contracting COVID? Um, has Have there been any fears or worries about uh, the disease? Yeah. <laughs> We're all worried about it. Um, we, yeah, we have volunteers who um, can't collect signatures because... Uh, their room either you know they have uh, immune issues that that they are more uh, worried about or they have family members who are more um, susceptible um, to um, to the effects of covid so yeah no we it's been really hard I mean we all, I'd say 15, 20, maybe 30% of our volunteers don't collect signatures because they're worried about COVID-19. And we are the people who are, you know, we're all worried about it. We take extreme measures, you know, we, especially, um, you know, when we're out collecting signatures, we are, we have hand sanitizer, masks, tissues. Um, we wipe everything down. We use clean pens. We have single use pens. Uh, and which has cost our campaign a lot more money than we were intending. Um, usually, when you're out collecting signatures, you have one clipboard, one pen, <laughs> and that's it. But now we have tables because we have all these supplies that we need to present 
um, which makes it hard because a lot of our volunteers don't have cars, and we have to carry get these tables around town. Um, yeah, no, we're all very concerned, and you know, we only have about a week left before we're done collecting signatures, but knock on wood, um, no one on our team has gotten sick, and um, that's something that we were extremely worried about and are extremely worried about um, until we're until we're completely done. This is this is not a safe activity, um, and the city council encouraged us to do it. So the fact that they encouraged us to get out there, and now they're th- those same people who said, "No, it's fine. You can just go out and collect signatures." That those same people will say, "Well, sorry, we gave you the wrong deadline. Now, now all of your efforts and the fact that you were willing to risk your lives, like none of that matters. Like th- that's what they're saying. So, um, so yeah. Hopefully, hopefully that's not how it ends up, but." Um, but that's how we're feeling. That's how we're feeling from this side of it. And we hope that they can understand our experience and empathize with it and and just give our community the chance to vote. Because otherwise, this all would have been for absolutely nothing. So you mentioned there that the pandemic, the strain of the pandemic, um, while gathering petitions, um, you've mentioned, you've um, gone into the troubles that that has caused. So... What was your reaction like then when you heard about this deadline change, considering how much um, how much you had to risk to get those signatures? What was that reaction kind of like? Oh, it's a, you know, it's a roller coaster of emotions. Um, it's, it's frustration. It's anger. It's disappointment. It's, it's um, fueling. I mean, we're... It's, I mean, in some ways, in some ways, it feels like on brand with the city of Boulder and what they have been doing to us and to other campaigns and how they've treated the election systems in the past. You know, we've heard that this is not the first campaign that has had serious issues with the city of Boulder um, and the election system. So... In some ways, we've already experienced so much that in some ways this just feels like one more obstacle that we have to overcome. And we're gonna we're doing everything in our power to make sure that these efforts and that the work that we're doing and that the result, which will be greater housing access for everyone, equitable housing access, will be on the ballot in November. So... You know, when, when things like this come your way, you just have to motivate to to overcome the obstacles and do everything in your power to, to get the outcome that you're hoping for. Um, so that's what we're doing. But, um, yeah, it's unfortunate. It's really unfortunate. But, you know, I do have some hope that our representatives will listen to their constituents. And and that's really what we're trying to, to get at. Um you know, these this past week and upcoming weeks is we're trying to motivate everyone to speak up if they if they care about this issue. This is a time to speak up and speak out to your city council, the people who represent you, the people who who make important decisions on your behalf. Like it's important that they know that that their constituents are paying attention. 
Absolutely. And we have more, although we have more than 75 passionate volunteers who have been spending their nights and weekends supporting this effort, we can't do it on our own. Our volunteers cannot make this happen on our own. That's why we're asking the Boulder community, the CU community, Naropa, everyone who either believes in direct democracy or supports our measure or both, we highly encourage, we ask of you to make your voice heard. This is your community. This is your government. And ask them to uphold the will of the people. Uh, are there any other actions that you would suggest that voters and uh, Boulder residents can take? Um, what what would you, uh, you say that they should definitely get in contact with the council and representatives, but uh, is there anything else that they could do to help you, help your movement? Um, yeah. Well, so the first thing they can do is email council at bouldercolorado.gov. And that's how they can get in touch with council to let them know that they support this. Um, other than that, they can go on our website, which is bedroomsareforpeople.com. Um, you can donate. You can volunteer. You can sign the petition. Um, right now, you know, we're looking at, you know, all the different ways that we can share our right to the ballot, um, you know, making sure everyone knows about this. We're looking at potential legal action and we need funding to help do that. Um, we're, we're just a bunch of residents who really don't, we're not, um, we're not well funded by any means. So, um, yeah, donating would be a huge support for us. Um, but we really, we love everyone that's on our team and we'd love for people to join us. Um, or at least, or at least support us um, by letting city council know that they support us. Are you hoping that there are any changes in terms of the election operations, or that the council will make as a result of what has happened this summer and this election season? Well, yeah, there's a few things. One, I would hope that they could interpret their own rules properly, and then share that guidance properly with the campaigns. Um, that would be extremely helpful. I think, well, in the, in 2018, the uh, Boulder voters uh, overwhelmingly supported the measure to allow electronic, electronic signature gathering. So in the future, I would hope that, because, and now it's up to the city of Boulder to implement that um, system, and it's taken them this long. They haven't done it, and that's partly why they didn't allow us to do it to, to collect signatures electronically when um, when the pandemic hit. And so I would hope that they would get on top of that because it's critical that people have access to direct democracy, even if we're all told to stay at home. Democracy is not something that we can just put on pause. We know there's no, there's no close for a business sign when it comes to democracy. So we hope that they will get on top of that. Um, you know, it's, those are the two main things that I would recommend to them. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, that comes to the end of my questions. Uh, is there anything either of you would like to leave as kind of a last note? Is there anything you would want listeners to walk away knowing or thinking about? Or is there anything you'd like to just kind of uh, 
is there any kind of note you'd want to end on? Sure. Um, I think what, you know, one of the reasons why I got involved in this is because when you see a problem in your community and you see that people are struggling, but that there's a solution that you can help with, that that is what you should do. You should, you should move forward with acting on that solution. And we are so lucky to live in a, in a country where as citizens, we are allowed to um, pursue direct democracy as a way to solve problems that our elected officials will not and so i just say don't let this story discourage you um in the future from getting out there and getting involved um you know it's the people in power expect us not to fight them and it's only until we get out there and start making the changes that we want to see that any change is ever going to happen so um yeah i'll just leave it with that and Nick, is there anything else? Is there anything you'd want to end on? Uh, I couldn't agree more with what Chelsea said. We all have to be the change we want to see in the world to right wrongs that we see. And I believe that the majority of Boulder community members are compassionate people and smart people. And I really hope and encourage everyone to demand that city council trust Boulder voters to make this decision for themselves this fall. Uh, Chelsea, Nick, thank you. Thank, thank you, John. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for it was coming. Great talking to talk. you. Great talking to you as well. That was Chelsea Castellano, organizer for Bedrooms Are for People, and Nick Grossman uh, here talking about issues with direct democracy in Boulder and some of the struggles that they have faced trying to get their housing initiative on the ballot.